Okay, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melissa C., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. Today is Thursday. Uh, Oh, my goodness, I'm reading the wrong date. Uh, Friday, October 9th, and we are reading um, page 10 in the big book. We're on the fourth paragraph, starting with ministers. We'll be reading through two paragraphs, ending with the rest I disregarded. And um, we'll be commenting on both. Today's readers are, for the 12 Steps, Nosa J, 12 Traditions, Stacy H. Uh, readers of the text will be Susan H. and Matt F. And the reference numbers for Thursday, October 8th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, one five. Five zero five. That's one five five zero five. And the ten a.m. Eastern meeting was one five five zero seven. One five five zero seven. Okay. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nosa J to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Nosa. Good morning, everyone. This is Nosa J, compul- uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, this is the 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for your service. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you. Thanks so much, Nosa J. Okay, I will now ask Stacy H. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. Good morning. This is Stacy H., and here's our 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups and OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you for allowing me to do service. Uh, thank you so much, Stacey. Thank you for serving. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. And if you go over, you'll hear a timer and a reminder. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. So today, we resume our study of the Big Book, and we're on page 10, or the fourth paragraph, starting with ministers. We're going to be reading through two paragraphs, ending 
The rest I disregarded and will be commenting on both. And I will now ask Susan H. to begin reading for us. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. This is Susan H. in Ohio. I am a recovered compulsive overeater and very grateful to be here. With ministers and the world's religions, I parted right there. When they talked of a God personal to me, who is love and love, superhuman strength and direction, I became irritated and my mind snapped shut against such a theory. To Christ, I conceded the certainty of a great man, not too closely followed by those who claimed him. His moral teaching, most excellent. For myself, I had adopted those parts which seemed convenient and not too difficult. The rest I disregarded. <clears throat> this, um, these two paragraphs I can very much identify with. I was uh, reasonably sure, well, I was not sure of anything. I was definitely agnostic when I, when I came in, but I was desperate. That kept me looking at this when my mind wanted to snap shut against what I was being asked to do. Um, I had searched for God in my own way um, from time to time throughout my life and found I didn't get my way. So uh, I must not be his favorite. <laughs> and so I, you know, went about my life on my own. And uh, this disease did indeed get worse, never better. Um, it took me many years to get to the, the bottom, to stop digging. And uh, when I did, I had, I had to look at others in a program that uh, had been through the ringer like I had and, and promised that if I do what's asked, if I do the directions in the book, I get the promises that are promised. <laughs> and uh, it's true. It's absolutely true. If I do the work set forth in the book, I get the promises. And my life is in such a happier, more serene, peaceful place, um, better late than never. And I'm very grateful for all the things that made me that very unhappy person that was at a bottom because I reached out and um, I accepted help. And I accepted that a higher power can return me to sanity. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my journey, and I am so glad to be on it. I, I am grateful. Thanks to everyone that is here. I'm so glad we're all together, and I pass. Thank you so much, Susan H., for getting us started. Um, all right, so before I open up the lines for sharing, I just want to remind us all that although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day. So that means if you shared on Wednesday or Thursday, um, we ask that you refrain in order that others might share their experience too. And with that, um, who would like to share? Charles H. Nosa J. Nosa J. Trisha Donna B. G. Barbara E. Okay, Trisha, hold on, Barbara, I got you. 
Nosa J. Trisha. Barbara. Donna G. Hold on. Barbara E. Donna. Vasa O. Donna G. Vasa O. Okay. So I'll tell you who I have. I have Charles H. Nosa J. Trisha C. Barbara E. Donna G. And Vasa O. Was there someone that I missed? All right, so it looks like we got our lineup. And um, Charles H., would you please get us started? Good morning. Good morning, Melissa C. Thank you for your service. And you already said who I am, so I ain't got to waste time saying that. Um, you know, it, these, you know, from page 9 to, like, 10 and 11 and 12, you know, um, it's actually a big debate, you know, who is, who is God and who is this and who, you know, and, and, and you know, um, I love that real shot that Bill W. took at, at Jesus. It, it's a real shot, and he ain't never lied because, um, you know, he conceded that Jesus Christ was a great man, not too followed by those who claim him. He ain't never lie about that, you know, because I, I, I could tell you, like, there's a lot of people I don't like, right? <laughs> and I claim to follow him, and, and I'm just keeping it official. Like, but, but you know, um, <laughs> if you keep coming, right, and, and keep doing these inventories, I could realize that, you know, um, how could I say I love something I don't never see when I don't love people I see and hear all the time. So he ain't never lie about that. He ain't never lie, right? <laughs> That's like doing an 11-step review and be like, yep, nope, uh-uh. no, I'm not selfish. No, I'm not dishonest. I did everything great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm God. Yep. What a liar, Charles, right? So, like, like I, I, I grow, and I realize when the atheist or the agnostic, which is me, because I don't too follow my higher power like the way I say I follow him. Talk is cheap baby. Talk is cheap. Let me see you love somebody that don't agree with you. Ooh, that's good money. I'm going to leave time on the clock for somebody else. That's all I really wanted to say. Thank you so much, Charles. Thanks for getting us uh, going. Next up is Nosa J, and Nosa will be followed by Trisha. Good morning, Nosa. Good morning, Melissa. Thank you for your service. This is Nosa J from Houston, Texas, Recover Compulsive Overeater. And I um, I came in, well, let me just say, I, I believe I've been a compulsive overeater um, since I come out of my mother. <laughs> and um, food has always been that comfort to me um, throughout my whole life. And so I didn't really um, have a God um, growing up. And... Um, I found God when I was in jail and I was in, um, they put me in the hole a lot, you know, and so I come, I come in uh, for the jail that I was in, they give you a big book and a Bible, okay? <laughs> so I read a lot of that. And so I had um, experience in the 12 steps before I came in here. And, um, you know, I really, really do believe that, um God was working in my life. Um, he was definitely my higher power. Um, but I wasn't 
surrendering my food addiction. And, um, you know, it took me several times to prove to myself that I'm a compulsive overeater before I was able to get recovered. And thank God, it's just one day at a time. And today, I'm going to hopefully stay recovered today. And, um, you know, I have to do my prayers. And, and what's different for me this, this time is that, you know, I'm getting on my knees in the morning and I'm saying um, the third step prayer, the seventh step prayer, the 11 step prayer, and the set aside prayer. Like that set aside prayer has saved my life this time. Um, and so I just want to keep coming back um, because I, I, I want this and I need this and I'm going to do it, Harlan. <laughs> you all have a wonderful day. Thank you all. Thank you so much, Nosa. Okay, next up is Trisha, and Trisha will be followed by Barbara A. Good morning, Trisha. Good morning, Melissa. Hi, I'm Trisha C., a recovered compulsive overeater from New Hampshire. Thank you all so much for your service this morning. You know, I came into OA with a terrible combo. I, I was a believer. I was very active in a church, and I had no access to power in my life. I didn't even know that there was a power to plug into. I was full of anxiety and depression. I could barely breathe. I didn't, I didn't want to die, but I wanted to be dead. And now I know I was a functional agnostic. I was full of our disease. I believed I was doomed and that my kids and my husband would actually be better off without me. And I think about it now, why do I need a power greater than myself to restore me to sanity? Why do I need something, as it says, superhuman? Because nothing human worked. It was more than that. Like my disease told me I could have just one cookie. I could have this time and be different. But my problem was my mind. And this is really bad news because a sick mind can't heal a sick mind. I finally came to the conclusion recently that if no power could defeat my disease, my disease may not be human. My disease may be super, superhuman, like out of the realm of human. This is why I need a superhuman power, a power greater than me to restore me to sanity. I need a spiritual solution. So when I read this first paragraph, I think, do I want access to a God who is love, superhuman strength and direction? Uh, uh, yes, please. Uh, but how do I get access to it? Self was blocking me. Selfishness or self-centeredness, that was the root of all of our problems. I needed the steps to defeat my ego. I was so chock full of myself, so chock full of Trisha, that there was no room for God. The steps showed me the path to put down that self-centeredness so I could be open to God. And I'll, I'll end with this. Bill said alcohol was his master. And for me, food was my master. And I can't serve two masters. And I pray this every morning. I say, there can only be one God in my life. It's either me or you, God. It's either food or you. I'm either on the path to you and freedom, or I'm on the path to me and destruction. Less of me, more of you. Thank you for letting me share. And uh, with that, I pass. Oh, thank you so much, Trisha C. Good to hear you. Um, okay, next up is Barbara E. And Barbara will be followed by Donna G. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, everyone. 
wonderful day. I suffer from the disease of misperception. My misperception was that I could handle this food problem on my own. I was wrong, but it took me many more years and many schemes before I finally accepted the truth. I was filled with self-pity, feeling rejected, hopeless, desolate, and of course isolated from the rest of the world. And happiness and hope was incomprehensible. The, demoraliz the demoralization of knowing that I was a failure, a fool, and a glutton. My heart was filled with self-hate for the way I looked and the way I acted, eating food that was purchased for the whole family, eating food off the floor, eating food while driving, so desperate to get the ice cream that was sitting in a carton in the bag next to me that I opened the container up and scooped the ice cream up using my fingers, pulling to the side of the road to get food out of the trunk of the car. I was desperate. Today, I pay attention to what goes into my mouth. And because I do, I can pay attention to what goes into my heart and my mind and my soul. Instead of life being a struggle, life is no longer overwhelming. I care about myself, so now I can care about others. And how did this happen? I had to accept the fact that when I removed the body, my body from the truth and, and the food, I was ready to accept the truth that there is a God of my own understanding waiting for me. And the promise of recovery is in every healthy OA meeting. Yes, I worked the steps, and over time I did develop a relationship with a higher power I didn't believe in. I stopped feeling ashamed of who I was and how awkward I felt. I felt I was able to be alone with myself and enjoy my own company. I learned to take the OA principles into my workplace and my home, and when fear or anger came up, I could use the tools and the steps to deal with them. I think of my program as like the Olympics. The Olympics start with an opening and they end with a closing. And that's what I do with my day. Since I've aged, one area that has been important is the physical part of my recovery. I found that the same size meals that once maintained me now cause me to gain weight. Some physical issues have caused me not to do much exercising. So I had to tweak my program. And I did it with the help of a sponsor, but also with my help of my higher power. That was the change of my perception. Oh, there's my timer. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara A. Perfect timing. Thanks. Okay, next up is Donna G. And Donna will be followed by Vasa O. Good morning, Donna. Good morning, and thank you for your service. This is Donna G. Grateful to be recovered in Pennsylvania by God's grace and mercy. Um, I love this. I love, love, love these two paragraphs um, and talk about being convicted. Um, so the last sentence, for myself, I had adopted those parts which seemed convenient and not too difficult. The rest I, the rest I disregarded. It immediately made me think about uh, how my mom used to describe me. So I was raised uh, very um, 
can, uh, just a Catholic, and I don't even know what word I'm looking for, but very strict Catholic uh, upbringing, uh, Catholic schools, et cetera, et cetera. And I, my mother, um, when I became old enough to start uh, rebelling and, and expressing that rebellion, would call me a cafeteria Catholic because she said I went through the line and I picked and chose what I wanted to believe. Um, and it had a very negative connotation, but I was proud of it because I'm not going to take it all. I'm going to, I'm going to pick and choose. Um, and it all, it's just been that way about everything, not just religion, my spirituality as well. And I just, so talk about feeling convicted when, uh, when Charles spoke earlier, talk is cheap, you know, um, Christianity is, you know, what, what I, uh, I believe in myself today. And uh, if, if, you know, he, he mentions Christ and being a great man, but not too closely followed. And, you know, Charles pointed out loving somebody I don't agree with. I mean, th- these are such difficult times to do that for me. I'm just speaking for myself. So difficult um, when people, you know, seem to be, in my opinion, so off the mark and, um, you know, in their beliefs and the way they see things and, you know, to love them nonetheless. And, um, you know, I thought I accepted the love part. That's the part I always thought I accepted. And that's the part I was very proud of because, like, that's the core message is love. So I get that part. But my goodness, in program, how I have learned that that, that, is, not, that is not what I was doing whatsoever. Um, when they talked of a God personal to them, to me, who was love, superhuman strength and direction, I became irritated. Well, I became irritated with just about everything in disease. You know, irritation was my, my, and rebellion was my, you know, was my default. And um, I think I became irritated because personal to me who was love, this is the hardest part of all, you know, to admit that I didn't, I didn't believe that, that there could be someone, you know, greater than myself who, who loved me. Are you kidding? Love me, you know, and that I, you know, I thought I did. Is that time? <laughs> I don't know. That's, Is that the time? Yes, that's, that's time. Thank, you can finish okay, your thank sentence, you. though. Thank you. Thank you. No, that's okay. Um, just just uh, keep coming back to the newcomers. Keep coming back. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Donna G. Thank you. Okay, next up is Vasa O, and then I'll open it back up again. So, Good morning, Vasa. Thank you. Good morning, Melissa and everyone. Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. This is a good reading, these two paragraphs. I um, grew up in a communist country. As a child, I had a lot of mixed feelings, even as an adult. I remember going to church, going through the motions, you know, like everybody else, go to church and then you come home. We did not read it. My father was a pastor, but I, it was done in a different language. I didn't even understand half of this. I didn't understand that much. I, you know, I did not have a personal relationship with God. And also, uh, we, when we went to church in a, in a communist country, we thought there was no God. And so a lot, a lot of fixed feelings. Um, there was a good God and there was a punishing God. 
So I did not know till I came to my 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous, that's where I found the real God that, of my own understanding that I have today. But it was through my pain and suffering with the food addiction. And I remember my sponsor said at that time, um, the only way we can get through this, if we, you know, if we surrender to a power greater than ourselves. And I remember saying in, at that time, I was just so ready. I was just so sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was just so ready to surrender to a higher power. I like the word higher power better than God. And I'm so grateful they didn't shove the word, you know. And I was not in church in those years, you know. And God gradually got me later into church, you know. But if I did not have this disease, I don't think I would have ever turned to God because I didn't know I could. I needed a proof. Well, there's God. I need to see. I want to touch. And, you know, I, you got to prove it to me. And uh, I, didn't need, I don't need a proof today by working through the 12 steps and the tools, getting my abstinence. God is doing for me that I could have never done out there by myself, which I didn't. I did try to do everything out there, but I couldn't. Even my church wouldn't bring me where I am today. And I'm just so, so grateful to have found the 12 steps and, and, and people like me that struggle with the food addiction. And the solution was just amazing. Now there was a word. I had no word. There was a word. All right, I have a disease. I have the allergy. Oh, that's me. Hold on. That's my time. And, and by working the steps, I can recover like everybody else that did the work and uh, did the work. Thank you for letting me share. I'll pass. sharing, Vasa. Okay, so I'm going to remind us where we are. We um, read page 10, the fourth paragraph uh, with ministers. We read two paragraphs, ending with the rest I disregarded, and we're taking comments on both. And if you have not shared Wednesday or Thursday, we invite you to step up. Say your name. Karen K. Matthew J.F. Shanna C. Wait, hold on. There was... um, Shanna C. There was there was a gentleman. I missed his name. Matthew J. F. Something F. I'm. Could you say it again? It's Matt J. F. Thanks. Thank you, Matt J. F. Okay. Paul T. Paul T. Ken W. H. Ken. Karen K. W. H. Karen. Pete B. Pete B. Okay, great. All right, let me tell you who I've got. I've got Matt J.F., Shanna C., Paul T., Ken W.H., Karen K., and Pete B. So um, let's get started then. Matt, if you would unmute, good morning. Good morning, Melissa. Thank you for your service. I just had the most perfect analogy for for what has been talked about this morning, what the reading is about. So I was listening very carefully to what the last speaker was saying. And all of a sudden, I realized I'm out walking and I was wearing a headlamp. 
And I realized, oh, it's bright enough. I don't need this headlamp anymore. So I took it off. In the process of taking it off, I knocked my earbud out of my left ear, which is the only one I'm wearing. And all of a sudden, I couldn't hear anymore. And as I stood there for a second and realized my earbud had fallen out and I needed to look around, I'm standing there and I see it on the ground. And as I reached down to pick it up and put it back in my ear, I realized my heart power never stops talking. Sometimes I stop listening. Sometimes something happens and it keeps me from hearing it. But no amount of willingness or surrender is going to put that earbud back in my ear. I have to lean down, reach down, pick it up, brush it off, put it in my ear, push it in so that it picks up the sound again. And that was just such a perfect analogy for me this morning for what it's like to feel that higher power in my life. God is never silent. It's just that sometimes I stop listening or I allow something to happen to keep me from hearing. And that's on me. That's the part that's, that's where the rubber meets the road. But the other thing is, when I realize that, because you know, sometimes in my life, not with the earbud, I realize the virtue you know, the, the, the hypothetical earbud's been out for a while. And I have, I thought I've been listening to God. Nope. Me, my disease, the judgment of others, the judgment of myself. But that doesn't change what I have to do next. I just have to pick up the earbud and put it back in. It's not complicated. It's sometimes hard. It's sometimes hard to remember. It's always hard to remember. It's sometimes hard to stop what I'm doing that I'm so committed to and do the right thing. Just put that earbud back in. But it's never complicated. And that's what the steps are for me. That's what faith is for me. God is everything. I've got to do the next right thing. If I'm in some way out of sorts, that's on me. I'm making a bad choice. And there's nothing wrong with that, except that I have an opportunity to make a better one. With that, I pass. Oh, thanks. Thanks so much, Matt, Jaya. Okay, next up is Shanna C., and Shanna will be followed by Paul T. Good morning, Shanna. Good morning. Uh, this is Shanna C., Grateful Recovered, uh, compulsive eater uh, here in Tennessee. Uh, thanks, everyone, for service and shares and uh, for being here for me when I needed you guys. Um, grateful to be abstinent. Um, one of the things that, that really jumped out at me is, you know, beginning years and years and years ago when I was a teenager and stuff, um, getting involved in uh, youth group and things of that nature at a local church, you know, um, and seeing the basic principle of this paragraph where, you know, take what I want, leave the rest kind of thing. Um, and I, I knew I didn't want to go to hell. I mean, people, you know, scared me out of hell or whatever. And I, you know, adopted the idea that if I just pray this prayer, that'll give me my golden ticket into heaven. And the rest of the time I'll see, you, you know, I'll, I've got it from here you know, I'll take care of everything here and I'll see you when I get to heaven, God, um, kind of thing. And I honestly thought that was legit <laughs> um, living. And, you know, I believe uh, the God of my understanding was with me even then. But I, I needed to see that uh, I didn't have the power to live on this earth. <laughs> and it took the, the, the disease of addiction, compulsive eating to beat me into a state of reasonableness. Um, and how I, how 
that idea panned out in every area of my life. I'm going to take what I want and I want to leave the rest. Um, adopted those parts which seemed convenient and not too difficult. That's how I live my life in, in, when it came to education, when it came to relationships, when it came to, you know, I'm always wanting the easier, softer way. And when it came to, you know, moral teaching in my heart of hearts, I wanted to be a good person. I wanted to live a a decent life and with love and understanding, but the, but like the big book talks about, I was the person who, even though I had moral and philosophical convictions galore, I, I couldn't live up to them even though I would have liked to. So I needed a power by which I could live. And, um, and so I'm grateful that through the 12 steps, the directions in this book um, and the guidance of people who have come to believe, been able to live out that faith that, um, I professed and I've gained access to a power which has removed the mental obsession to compulsively eat and enable me to to practice love in my relationships and the people around me. Not perfectly, but thank God for the tools to make things right when I do mess up being very human. So anyway, thanks everyone. I appreciate your, your help and love and for allowing me to share. Thanks. I'll pass. Thank you so much for sharing, Shanna C. Okay, next up is Paul T., and Paul will be followed by Ken W.H. Good morning, Paul. Morning. I'm uh, here in Texas, and, you know, this uh, that first share was great. I like that first share. You know, uh, not too closely followed by those who claimed it. They do take a shot at Christians, which is very legitimate. Um but I would submit to you that loving someone is not necessarily liking with liking them or agreeing with them, but praying for them. We have the sick man's prayer in this book that we love so deeply. And again, I would say praying for someone is loving them. You don't have to like them. You don't have to agree with them. I lost a friend because of, uh, uh, let's say, a, a disagreement on the way we look at things and the way things are right now. I'm I'm not going to say that I'm a perfect follower of Christ because no one is. And, sorry. Uh, losing this friend has torn me up a lot. But I pray for him and those who I disagree with. And that is love. Anyway, I'll pass. Okay, thank you so much, Paul T., for sharing with us. Okay, next up is Ken W.H., and after Ken will be Karen K. Thank you. Thank you for your service today. Um, Ken W.H. out of North Carolina, Recovered Compulsive Eater. Um, I'm struck here by a couple, just a couple of words that jump out. Bill, in that first paragraph, talks about theory, and he's a rationalist there, and um, the theory is just isn't working out for him with, from what he sees. It wasn't making sense. And um, then he uses uh, that excuse as many of us have to judge those who choose to follow uh, a different uh, line of thought and um, and he's judged the he's judged the uh, theory um, 
by what he sees people doing with that theory. And I'm guilty of that, too. I, it's just been a part of my life uh, growing into what uh, God would have me be. Um, the take what you like and leave the rest, uh, as it's been mentioned just a few minutes ago, I've heard that forever uh, in, in the recovery programs and recovery meetings, and I've always been challenged by that. Um, if I only took what I liked, oh, man, how much I would have missed along the way and how much I did miss by only taking what I liked and just leaving the rest, rejecting all the rest of it. Uh, I've come to know that I, I can take what I like, but I need to store the rest of it, too. I never know when I'm going to need it. And I've always uh, <clears throat> now you <laughs> try to store it and use it when it when it becomes um, valuable uh, to me when I when I'm actually get out of my own way and can hear it for what it is. Um, Bill uh, struggled with this a lot, and he struggled. He was a rationalist. He wanted to make, have it make sense, and um, it didn't make sense until the God that he rejected actually accepted him and gave him that insight and that light to say, look, Bill, I know what you're thinking, but what you're thinking is erroneous. I'm, what you're thinking has been prejudiced by uh, much that you've been learned. I'm aware as a, as a Christian myself that so much uh, good religion has been taught badly uh, for years and years and years, and so many people have been damaged by it and hurt by it. And and that just grieves my heart. Uh, reaching out to love somebody I don't like is, is one of the hardest things. And yet uh, God sent me into uh, on the death row and um, to talk to men and uh, to sit across from someone that you know you don't like and you don't like what they did, but see the spark of God in their eyes and know that that God has a plan for him is just an incredible growth uh, time for me. I have still so much to learn about my faith and about myself. Um, but I'm grateful that y'all are opening those doors for me and making that possible uh, in this fellowship. I'm just so grateful for all of you. So God bless. I pass. Uh, thank you so much, Ken W.H. Thank you. Okay, next up is Karen Kay, and Karen will be followed by P.B. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Melissa. Hi, my name is Karen Kay from Syracuse, New York, recovered compulsive eater and my credit zone transfer. Well, I go back and I look at page 8, what it says I like to call that it go into the fourth dimension of existence. I wish to know happiness, peace, and usefulness. And which leads me to my relationship with my God. And that's what it is, is a relationship. It's a very special relationship that demands my attention, not just in the morning, not just at night, but throughout the day. And um, this, this one of my songs I like the most is, uh, Open My Eyes to Your Heart, Lord. And it's such a beautiful song. And for me... You know, I hear a lot about this selfishness, self-centeredness, dishonesty, and fear. For me, for this recovered person, the root of my problems is self-centered fear. It's fear, fear, fear. And God takes that fear and he wraps his loving arms around it. And then he helps me to be 
comfortable in the uncomfortable. And on the trunk of that tree is my self, my self-seeking, my, dis- my dishonesty, and selfishness. And the branches of that tree is gossip, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm into the leaves lately because they're changing. And for me, God embraces the fear. He, he helps me because I know fear is not of my God, and he protects me. And I'm with, when I'm able to do that and tap into that fourth dimension place, because I live in a three-dimensional world, my life becomes easier. So it's a daily of surrender, surrender, surrender. My way did not work. And I'm so grateful for a vision for you to see this big book so differently, so differently. And um, I remember my uh, very first meeting, my sponsor told me, you know, Karen, they say here, take what you like and leave the rest and and kind of been touched on earlier and just shelve the rest because you might need it later and i found that to be true because if you know if i didn't like anything i wouldn't be coming back to meetings and it's so important for me to have that relationship that god is holding my hands i have marker boards around my apartment that says god loves you karen give your let god give you compassion be compassionate to yourself forgiveness of yourself, pray for others. There's no reward in loving people who love me back. There's no reward in that. And during the holiday time, most of the Christmas cards I send out are usually to the people that I don't like. Uh, So if anybody on this line does get a Christmas card from me or a holiday card, I do like you, so don't take it on a personal level if you get it in the mail. And um, God God bless you all, and I love you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks for Karen, for, for sharing, Karen. Okay, next up is Pete D., and then we'll open it back up. Good morning, Pete. Good morning, Melissa. Thanks for taking the meeting. It's always good to hear you in service. My name's Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered today in Pennsylvania. You know, I, 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 it's, I find it interesting. Um, you know, Abby, Abby didn't talk Bill into finding a god, Right, like, like, like that's not what he did. What he, what, he, what, what, what convinced Bill that he had to find a God was that he was thoroughly beaten by alcohol. And, and you know, in my experience, what I what I've witnessed is that, you know, if you've not found and tapped into that power, there's there's no convincing that I'm going to transfer that's going to talk you into it, right? I mean, I'm sorry, that's going to talk you out of it, right? It, 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 you know, it's, it's there. You know it, it's there. And if, you, and if you haven't found it, if you still resist, there's nothing I'm going to say that's going to convince you of it. And, and you know, it, it, that, that, that has been my experience. My, my experience is that the pain and suffering and humiliation and incomprehensible demoralization caused by the substances I was putting in my body that I'm allergic to that cause this reaction drove me into a state of reasonableness, right? And what it talks about here, like the, my biggest challenge with this whole idea of God, right? I mean, I love this, that take what you want and leave the rest. Take, you know, if, if you, you eliminate spirituality from the 12-step recovery program, it's like eliminating the floating stuff in a life preserver, right? All you've got is a piece of fabric. It's you know, this is, this, all this is about is a, spirit, is, is, is a spiritual process. It's not a practical process, it's a spiritual process. But it says, when they, right, the ministers and world religions, 
talked of a God person to me who was love, superhuman strength and direction. Mine was my problem. I always, I, I assigned human characteristics to this God, right? And, and it, it said, you know, in the doctors of peace, it says no human power, right? So, like, I had to get rid of these ideas that I have this judging and opinionated and, you know, whether or not I hurt, like, the, the God of my understanding that I chose to put into that, my own concept is all loving, all merciful, all inclusive, never exclusive. That, that, that love is not a, you know, we, we, we talk of love, like love is not a feeling. This is the only, like this is, we, we put so much emphasis on the feeling. It's not, a, love is not a feeling. Love is an action. It's unconditional support, like or don't like. It's unconditional acceptance of somebody's feelings if, they're, if, they're, if, if they align with yours or don't align with yours. That's the, that my, my challenge is, is that I want to put these human characteristics into this non-human thing, right? This is the thing that has all power. It doesn't, it doesn't love me more because I'm abstinent and skinny. It loved me just as much as when I was fat. I didn't have a, I didn't have a, a, a God-sized hole in my soul. I had, a, I had an allergic reaction to foods, and I had a, a mental condition that told me I didn't have that condition. And I needed something that was going to restore me to sanity. And that came through the grace and mercy of the God of my understanding. It's not like yeah, I was abandoned because I was eating. The God, God doesn't love the, the, the alcoholic drinking more less than he loves the alcoholic not drinking. Time, my friend. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Pete. Thanks. Oh, it's so hard to interrupt people. Um, all righty. So we have time. Uh, let's see. Is that time for maybe two more shares? Uh, two and a half more minutes. Jason K. Lisa J.R. Kathy S. Sorry, Kathy. I'm going to hang out. Um, so Jason K. And it was Lisa. Okay. All right. Yes, ma'am. Lisa JR. All right. Great. Lisa JR. I missed the last initial. Okay. Jason K. Go ahead, my friend. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, Jason K. Recovered compulsive eater and bleeding from outside of Philadelphia. You know, we have this momentous uh, conversation that lived on of Phil, Wilson, and Ebby. They didn't have to spend a lot of time talking about uh, a first step because Bill knew Ebby uh, intimately. Uh, through his childhood and family connection, uh, and they had uh, almost a, a, a identification or understanding that they both drank like each other. So Evie opened up with, I got religion. But of course, Bill is struggling because he's had this, uh, the, the pride and prejudice that he talked about. Um, I, I was very much like him. And, and, and you know, if, if you're looking at this, if we're studying this, trying to glean what we can learn from it. Um, you know, I look at this and say, where am I closed-minded? Where am I standing in judgment? Do I look at, you know, one religious institution, one religious person, or a few instances and snap my mind closed in judgment against an entire, uh, an entire organization? Do I throw out the baby with the bathwater um, uh, in, in looking at, you know, this concept of God and what Bill's really talking about here is is becoming open-minded. 
he saw something in Evie that's very, very powerful, very attractive. And if you can uh, get around recovered fellows, and I, I don't know Zoom's doing it for me these days, but you can see that fresh skinned look and that twinkle in their eye, something in his eyes. Evie comes uh, communicating that he is somehow inexplicably and deeply different. He's been changed and rearranged uh, through a spiritual awakening. Uh, and, and this is convincing Bill. He's starting to break down some of those defense mechanisms, some of those walls. And he's supposed to say, starting to say, maybe, maybe, maybe I was wrong. Maybe there is something. And we can't, and I did this too. I took the things that were convenient uh, and left the rest. But just like Bill did, I said, oh, this is a nice spiritual principle, you know, to, you know, take some deep breathing and, and meditate on peace. That's great. I'll take that. But I'm still binging and purging. Um, and what, what we learn later on in this book is that half measures fail us nothing, um, and we have to fully surrender to this program. Um, so this is very, very interesting stuff, uh, and with that, I'll pass. Okay, thanks so much, Jason Kay. And um, Lisa J.R., we've got um, actually two minutes, so... I'm going to set my timer for two already. <laughs> Thanks. Excellent. Excellent, Melissa. Thank you so much. And good, glorious morning to everybody. Lisa J.R. from Baltimore. Um, so grateful to be here today. I love this paragraph because it reminds me every single time I read it about my pride and my cynicism. And, you know, like every good addict, I was born smarter than everybody in the world. Um, so I could, you know, I could clock people for five minutes and figure them out. I could look at people and I could find the negative aspects of their character, of their life. And I could, I would, get, I was just like was shared earlier. I was Mr. Darcy. My good opinion, one lost, is lost forever. And, um, you know, I, I learned how to be cynical and it served me well. And I was reminded of somebody in this program that, you know, our defects are, are in God's hands become assets. You know, my, my eagerness to find the truth about things in God's hands is a good thing, is a good thing. But I was out of alignment for so many years with the flow of the spirit. I went to church I read my uh, religious material. I read, you know, God's word. I, I was, I constantly strive to find, but I was looking at everybody with my finger saying, hypocrite, hypocrite. And I didn't know that three were pointing back at me. And so this program has helped me get in right alignment with my higher power, who I choose to call God. And, you know, just hang in there. Stick with it because this too will come true for you if you're not yet recovered. Thanks for letting me share. Oh, thank you, Lisa. That was perfect timing. Thank you so much. Um, thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today's meeting, today being October 9th, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 15510. That's 15510. 
And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Matt F., please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Matt. Thank you, Melissa. Good morning. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.